It's mid-July, middle of the NFL offseason. There's usually not much activity, but occasionally you'll see a contract extension or an even rarer instance, a trade between two teams. That happened yesterday between the Patriots and the Bears. Who are some players on Seattle's roster that could be potential trade bait next month at the tail end of training camp in the preseason? Rob Rang and I are going to be breaking it down on our Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our Wednesday episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks as always for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. We got a jam-packed episode coming your way. Day two of our ultimate Seahawks fantasy mock draft. We did our first 13 selections in yesterday's show. Today, we're going to have our last 12 picks, numbers 14 through 25, as we fill out our ultimate fantasy rosters. And we'll see who ends up having the better team. Too bad we won't be able to see them play on the field. Maybe on Madden. That's the one way we might be able to see these two teams face each other. But we're going to wrap up those rosters. And we're going to have a discussion about possible trade candidates for the Seahawks heading towards training camp and the preseason. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. It's mid-July. We're in the doldrums of the NFL offseason. But The light at the end of the tunnel is starting to become visible. Training camp only a few weeks away across the NFL. The 2022 season will be upon us. This time of year, there's usually not much activity, but you occasionally will see a contract extension. And once the blue moon, you will see a trade this time of year. And that's what happened yesterday. The New England Patriots sending receiver Nikhil Harry, former first round pick out of Arizona State, to the Chicago Bears. For a seventh-round pick, just did not work out for Harry in New England. He gets a fresh start in Chicago, catching passes from Justin Fields, see if he can turn his career around. You see trades like that occasionally this time of year, Rob, and and that led you and I to discuss. Initially, we were going to take a look at should the Seahawks have been in on Nikhil Harry with the receiving depth they have, that move wouldn't have made any sense. But do the Seahawks have any players on the roster that may generate some trade interest This time next month, when we're in the middle of training camp, the middle of the preseason, are there some players out there that might pique the interest of other teams potentially to add to their roster for a late round draft pick? Yeah, I think that there is, uh, you know, going to be all kinds of speculation about players like DK Metcalf. Uh, but I think that would be, a, you know, such a shocker that l- let's table that conversation, dig a little bit deeper with, with some of the players that are more likely to possibly be traded away from Seattle to acquire, like you said, Corbin, one of those late round selections. So look, we're looking at the positions of depth uh, for the Seahawks. I would argue that safety, tight end, wide receiver, running back, those are really some of Seattle's deepest positions. So some of the some of the players at those positions, I, I think, would be potential targets for NFL clubs that are calling John Schneider and saying, hey, we had an injury. We have a concern here uh, at one of these positions. What might we be able to, uh, you know, what, what would we have to give you 
to to get a player like say maybe a Chris Carson if he has uh, some kind of injury waiver a team was allowed to um, to have their doctors check him out um, obviously running back there's a um, you know such a glut of talent at that position safety if you didn't have the salary and durability concerns um, uh, of your two superstars then I think that they might be you know possibilities uh, Marquise Blair there might be another club out there that is also intrigued by him um, you know at the, at the wide receiver position again I think you're going to have a lot of teams that are going to be interested in Seattle's wide receivers tight ends as well clearly Seattle was so interested in bringing back Will Disley they gave him a contract that a lot of people thought was surprising so there is some interest by by others out there at least perceived interest on Seattle's part by other clubs out there so I think those are the positions that that Seattle might be fielding some calls potentially uh, of players that are currently on their roster. It's interesting you bring up the positions where Seattle has the greatest depth. Those are usually the positions where you see players get flipped in terms for draft picks. And the Seahawks have made a lot of trades at the end of August, early September. We saw it last year getting Sidney Jones in a trade from the Jaguars. A few years earlier, they got Brett Hundley as a backup quarterback, traded away his sixth-round pick. The Justin Coleman trade to initially bring him to Seattle for a seventh-round pick from the Patriots. John Schneider John loves Reed. to be active making trades this mm-hmm. time of year. And a lot of times, it's bringing in players at positions where they need an upgrade. And Typically, they're not the team trading away players for draft picks. They haven't done that very many times. But there are two names that jump out to me, and neither one of them plays a position that's at one of the positions you listed that is where they have tons of depth. But I've talked about this a couple times in the show. I believe there should be an open competition at right guard between Gabe Jackson and Phil Haynes. I think Phil Haynes earned that opportunity with the way he played the last two games last year starting. He's only 26. You and I both know that he's got an athleticism advantage over Gabe Jackson, at least at this point of Jackson's career. I thought Jackson was okay, not great last year in his first season with Seattle. He's got a nine-plus million-dollar cap hit. There may be a team out there, though, that's closer to contending than Seattle that could use an upgrade at guard, and Jackson is still a quality player. So that is one name I'm throwing out there as a possibility. We do occasionally see higher-priced veterans get moved when injuries happen or if a team really badly needs an upgrade at a spot. Seattle is a rebuilding team, whether they want to use that word or not. And so for that reason, Gabe Jackson's name that certainly jumps out to me is somebody that could potentially be moved if they think Phil Haynes could be the guy at right guard across from Damian Lewis on the left side, or they could flip him. They could move Damian Lewis back to right guard. Haynes showed he could play both spots last year, started a game, a piece at both spots. Maybe the one that's more realistic, though, the Seahawks drafted Boye Mafe. They brought in a Chenonuosu. They have Daryl Taylor coming back. There's actually some intriguing depth now and youth at the pass rushing position in this 3-4 defense. I mentioned earlier this week, Alton Robinson, maybe he can handle this scheme, but I do have some reservations about him playing that hybrid 3-4 outside linebacker position. I think he's more of a traditional 4-3 defensive end. Seattle will still run some four-man fronts, and he could be one of that defensive ends in those sets. They could use him that way. But he might be a player that has more value at this point to another team, and he's only 24 years old. Young players are going to generate a lot more interest, especially this time of year when teams are trying to cut the number of players off their roster, not add uh, add particular players. But Robinson has athleticism. He's got a little bit of versatility to his game. He can defend the run. He is a every-down defensive end. 
So I think that might be a player that you can fetch a sixth or seventh round pick for if you feel like he's expendable, if Tyreek Smith is able to show some things during camp and it makes it that Robinson falls down the depth chart, you might be able to get something in return for him. So those are the kind of players, Hugo Amadi maybe being another one you could throw in there with his versatility, younger players that still are on rookie contracts that teams can bring in for cheap. They might be willing to give up a sixth or seventh rounder, which Seattle, they like those late round picks. They have value, particularly with them being in a rebuilding stage. Yeah, I think those are two excellent uh, names to consider there, Corbin, uh, for the, all of the reasons that you that you provided. Um, with Alton Robinson, again, um, just his potential fit in more of a 4-3 defense, the, um, the, the, the cheap contract, the youth that he offers, the fact that he starred at Syracuse all the way across the country. There's an awful lot of NFL teams that got a lot closer look at him than Seattle did, so he may have some interest. And then um, as you talked about, just the, the the consistency, the durability, the reliability that is Gabe Jackson, that is going to have some appeal. And I think there's a possibility there. Seattle has very, very little experience at the tackle position. We've talked about that before. Their most experienced tackle on the roster at this point is Jake Curhan with five career starts. And of course, the, the two rookie tackles, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, are you know presumed to be possibly Seattle starters next year. If Seattle is so willing to go that inexperienced to tackle, perhaps they are that willing to be that inexperienced at guard. And so that could help facilitate a trade of, of Gabe Jackson. So again, I really like that idea of that, that possibility, even though I'd love to see Gabe Jackson out and Robinson here in Seattle. I think they're both good football players that are comfortably on Seattle's roster at this point. But again, if there's teams out there coming knocking, I think those are two of the players that Seattle might have answered the door, so to speak. And we know, based on what we've seen in previous years, John Schneider will make a move at some point. There will be a trade, it, more likely than not. That's been the way it's functioned for Schneider throughout his entire tenure in Seattle. He will make some type of a deal by the end of August, early September. Who knows if it's going to be shipping a player out or bringing a player in. Maybe he'll do one of both. We've seen a couple of years where he's made multiple trades. But Regardless, you can expect there's going to be some activity. I wouldn't think it's going to happen right now like we saw with Nikhil Harry, but I think next month, especially towards the end of the preseason when rosters are getting trimmed down to 53 players, you could very easily see the Seahawks ship out a few players or maybe even bring in one or two players via trade to upgrade a spot. And that's one of the more exciting times heading into the season when rosters are taking shape. Speaking of rosters, we're going to continue our Alderman Seahawks mock draft here in a moment, we had our first 13 rounds yesterday. I'll revisit the rosters that both Rob and I have to this point, and then we're going to conduct rounds 14 through 25 and see who can put together the best all-time fantasy Seahawks roster consisting of legends from all five eras of Seahawks football. Hindsight is 2020, and you can't change the past, but what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from a future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get it to $500 instantly. 
For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me as always, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and as well on YouTube. Continuing our Seahawks Ultimate Fantasy Mock Draft, we conducted our first 13 rounds yesterday, taking a look at the rosters before we get to round 14 here. Going to start with Rob's roster in round one, getting Russell Wilson, immediately getting the best quarterback in franchise history. Then round two, Kenny Easley, followed by Steve Hutchinson in round three, a pair of corners in Richard Sherman and Dave Brown. Jacob Green and Chad Brown to turn up the heat on quarterbacks in round six and seven. And then a pair of receivers, DK Metcalf, Joey Galloway, center Kevin Mawai, running back Kurt Warner, and then a pair of tackles to close out the first day of our draft. Dwayne Brown on the left side and Howard Ballard on the right side. And then my roster, Walter Jones was my first selection. I didn't worry about quarterback. I need somebody to protect my quarterback. Cortez Kennedy and Bobby Wagner with my next two selections. Then Steve Largent and Matt Hasselbeck will be teaming up. Hasselbeck is going to be throwing to one of the best receivers in NFL history. Marshawn Lynch and Earl Thomas, a little more modern twist there in round six and seven. Getting my pass rusher in round eight with Michael Sinclair, another quality safety in Eugene Robinson. And then in my final four picks, Max Unger to solidify the middle of my offensive line. Tyler Lockett to go with Steve Largent cornerback Marcus Trufant, and then guard Chris Gray. So, Rob, the two of us have done a pretty nice job meeting the goals that we had set out going into this so far. A little different strategy in some regards. You've stocked up a little more on the offensive line. I've been able to go out and get some of the skill guys. I focus on my interior defensive line as well. And so both rosters are taking shape, and now we have a chance to put some finishing touches on this going into our 14th round. And without further ado, it's my selection here to kick off the 14th round. And looking at the needs that I still have, I need a tight end, another guard, a right tackle. I could use another pass rusher, another corner, another linebacker, and, of course, kickers and punters. I'm not going to be picking that at this stage. But look at the players we've still got left. we got a couple of really good linebackers that are still on the board in Lofa Tatupu and K.J. Wright. Terry Wooden's another one that is really underrated in Seahawks history, Keith Butler. We've got a couple edge guys and Michael Bennett and Jeff Bryant that are still on the board as well. And so I look at this list, and there's a couple different directions you could go. But I'm going to be running a 4-3 defense. I'm going to have to have a weak side linebacker to pair with Bobby Wagner. And in this instance, I'm going to go with something we already know what it looks like. I'm going to get K.J. Wright with this selection because those two were outstanding for nearly a decade together. They're perfect fits in a 4-3 defense. I love Lofa Tatupu too, but I just think Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, you don't split those two up when you have a chance to put them on a fantasy team. So I'm going to double dip at linebacker and get K.J. Wright back in a Seahawks uniform. 
Yeah, I think that's an awesome selection, um, you know, matching him back up with, with Bobby Wagner. Uh, it's kind of like your um, the combination of Steve Largent and Matt Hasselbeck. I mean, it just almost sounds like poetry, you know, from a from a Seahawk fan perspective. So, yeah, I really like the way that your your roster is coming together, Corbin. Continuing the 14th round now, shifting it back to Rob. It's your first selection here on day two. And as we've been doing, it's a snake draft. So you get two selections in a row who are you going to go with to add to your roster you know corbin I, i've been kind of thinking about this a little bit i i, I have the two pass rushers right now in, in jacob green and chad brown and i really like the the versatility that both of them offer um you know jacob green had experience in the four three and three four as did chad brown um they, they both just demonstrated their ability to kind of be hybrid defenders that kind of gave me gives me an awful lot of creativity and, and freedom to kind of do whatever i want and i'm going to try to take the the team that i'm building here and apply it to today's modern era of football because of course that's what our our podcast listeners and viewers and thank you very much for those of you who are out there that's what you're focusing in on and so i think that in today's era that you really have to have those versatile type of defensive linemen who are able to be penetrators and, and disruptors. I mean, we're seeing the way that Aaron Donald has obviously impacted, uh, you know, all of the NFL and Seattle specifically. And the closest thing I saw to Aaron Donald in a Seattle Seahawks uniform, and I know this is probably early in your rankings and in other people's opinions, but still, I just love what he brought to Seattle. And that would be the Hall of Famer, John Randall. Um, and so I've been I've been using this double dip strategy the entire time, Corbin. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to take my two defensive tackles. I'm going to go with one of the most dominant pass rushing defensive tackles the NFL has ever known um, in John Randall. And then I'm going to pair him with one of the most underrated defensive tackles, in my opinion, um, when it comes to run stuffers. And that being a guy who started his career in Seattle and then wound up going to the Los Angeles Chargers, that being Brandon Meebane. And between the belly roll of Brandon and me, Bain and John and, and John Randall is his, his three theatrics with Seattle's the pass rush that I've already have here at Jacob Green and Chad Brown. Yeah, I'm excited about where this defense is headed. All right, I'm officially angry because that was going to be my next pick was John Randall. I was going to put put him with Cortez Kennedy in the middle of my defensive Ooh. line, but Rob making very smart picks here, loading up, and those are two contrasting styles of yeah. defensive tackles too, and so. I think that would be a really fun defensive line to watch, especially when you've already got Jacob Green to go with them. So loading up on the defensive line. Now I get back-to-back -back selections, and looking at our board again, I already picked K.J. Wright. We've still got Lofa Tutupu there. I've got my linebackers covered. I could really use a bit more help along the defensive line. I, Like I said, I would have loved to put John Randall on that defensive line with Cortez Kennedy. But I'm going to go after a little different style defensive end here because earlier I picked Michael Sinclair, who's a pin his ears back, get after the quarterback style pass rusher. Not necessarily known as a great run defender. Wasn't bad in that area of his game, but that was not his strength necessarily. I want to have that base end that can really defend the run. You can move around some and everybody's going to think, oh, he's going with Michael Bennett. But I'm actually going to go with Jeff Bryant here. To me, a player that is very underrated in Seahawks history. Really, all those defensive linemen that the Seahawks had in the 80s, that was a great defensive line, and yet many of them are forgotten names. 
Jeff Bryant was a player that didn't have great pass rushing production the last half of his career, but he was stout against the run, a guy that could play inside and out. He could play 4-3 and 3-4. I like putting him with Michael Sinclair and Cortez Kennedy on my defensive line. So I'm going to add a defensive end that's a bit more of a versatile defensive end here in Jeff Bryant. And then I think I'm going to add my second corner here with my other pick, continuing to load up on defense, looking at the corners that are still available. Sean Springs, to me, is the home run pick here. I've already got Marcus Trufant. I can add Sean Springs, a player that didn't necessarily get the interceptions that I thought he was going to have during his time in Seattle. He got off to a very fast start, and then the end of his time in Seattle, he wasn't as productive. Lost a little bit of confidence, according to Mike Holmgren, but I still think he's one of the better corners the Seahawks have had, and he was a top-10 talent. So I'm going to add Sean Springs across from Marcus Trufant, and I've also got Jeff Bryant up front. So I get the trenches taken care of, and I also upgrade my secondary. I've got two corners I'm very comfortable in and confident in on the outside. Yeah, again, I really like the way that your your roster is being built there. Um, you know, some terrific football players. And yeah, getting the, the corner this late and, and having that kind of talent, uh, I think is an absolute uh steal. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the thing one of the rules that that we agreed to, Corbin, with this draft is that we had to take two players from basically every era of Seattle Seahawk football. So of the 70s, 80s, 90s early 2000s and then from 2010 on um and so i only have the one player right now in the 70s uh that being the cornerback dave brown and i want to take another uh defensive player from that era um and that i really think is going to again kind of go with the the theme of my defense and that being athletic that being versatile and at 6'4 230 pounds linebacker Keith Butler certainly was that when when he left the Seahawks core but I know there's going to be a lot of uh Seahawks fans now that don't know the name Keith Butler um but when he left Seattle he was second overall in tackles with 813 um maybe Seahawks fans now will remember him as a coach and a longtime defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers so it just kind of speaks to his brain um, and his passion for the game. Um, I, I know that there's some really good linebackers out there. I, I really struggle with not taking Lofa Tatupu um, or any number of the other linebackers, Julian Peterson, um, that, that are available out there. There's some really, really good ones. Um, even Jordan Brooks right now in, in terms of just athletic ability. But at the same time, wanting to check that box for an older player and recognizing, um, you know, just how good that uh, Keith Butler was, then I, I certainly wanted to, to make him part of this uh, this roster. And then I also have a strong safety, and I believe that there's a couple of, of good ones. Uh, or, or... Camp Chancellor is still there, and Jamal Adams is still there. Yes, both of them are still on our board, and our listeners might be wondering, why is Camp Chancellor still there? With all due respect to Jamal Adams, I think Bam Bam Camp Chancellor and the playmakers I already have on this defense, I think that is just too, uh, too clean uh, of a fit. And so that's going to be my selection again, getting the linebacker, Keith Butler, and then Cam Chancellor as a steal, as he always was uh, to, to wrap up my, I believe most of my defensive uh, roster. Yeah. Your roster shaping up quite well. Now you've got Cam Chancellor to go with Kenny easily. And that is a steal in the 17th round. But again, it's a position thing. And with only two of us picking, 
Yep. There's so many good safeties that were out there. And I picked Eugene Robinson narrowly over Cam Chancellor. There's just so much talent at that position. And you only need two of them on the field at once. I actually considered having him as a third safety because of his size and decided to get an actual linebacker. But now it's time for my pick here in the 17th round. We're going to be wrapping up this third segment here. And I've got two selections in a row. Looking at the roster, I just added another corner, another defensive end. I added another linebacker. That's what I've added to the mix so far. I've got a couple of wide receivers. I've got my quarterback. I've got my running back. I picked a pass rusher and two safeties, a center. I could use another guard on my offensive line. And I also could use another tackle at the right tackle position. Some might say that I'm reaching a little bit here with this pick, but you look at the players that are available at the offensive tackle position. There's not a lot of depth. Edwin Bailey is going to be my selection here with this pick. And he's not going to check off that 70s metric yet. I still need another player from the 70s. He came into the NFL in the early 1980s. But Edwin Bailey was such an exciting story, such such an interesting one, because he became a starter on day one coming out of South Carolina State, tiny little South Carolina State. And then he lost his starting job to Reggie McKenzie for two years. Typically, that means, oh, the guy is going to get phased out. He ended up becoming a starter into the 90s after that. You just don't see very many stories like that. Edwin Bailey could move the pile, underrated athleticism. I think he was one of the underrated offensive linemen in the NFL during that time, and he was extremely durable on top of that. So I'm going to get Edwin Bailey to finish my interior offensive line. I've now got Bailey and Gray to go with Max Unger. I'm feeling pretty darn good about my interior offensive line. And I'm going to double up on the line here. And he's further down on our list because his career wasn't very long. But I'm going to get my 70s checked off now with Steve August, who was a first, he was actually the first pick for the Seahawks in the first round. And August was very good his first couple years in the league. And then injuries ended up costing him. And he ended up uh, retiring very early after only a handful of seasons. Could have been a very good NFL tackle if not for those injuries. And I like Steve August at that right tackle spot. I think he's a good fit. So I'm going to double up on the offensive line to get us through round 18. I'm going to get me Steve August, and I'm going to get Edwin Bailey as my two offensive linemen to finish up my line, which is now looking pretty darn good. It is looking pretty good. And I think, uh, you know, adding offensive linemen always makes sense. It's always going to keep the quarterback happy. Of course, uh, when I'm, I'm drafting, I have to keep Russell Wilson happy. Otherwise, he might spout off and force a trade or something crazy. <laughs> you never know. So, anyways, uh, be, even though you've selected all of your offensive linemen, Corbin, and I could wait and, and take my last offensive lineman a little bit later again with uh, w- with my quarterback pounding the table for me to select one more offensive lineman. I'm going to go with one of the better right guards in Seattle's history, in my opinion, Brian Millard. Um, in the in the mid 80s uh, to early 90s, I believe, uh, you know, again, he was truly a cornerstone, was, was very much one of, of Seattle's better interior offensive linemen. I mean, he has the size of 6'5", I believe he was 290 pounds to be able to uh, project well in, in today's era as well. Um, quick on his feet, um, had good balance and also was very powerful as you expect that right guard position. So, um, so I, again, Brian Millard would be my, uh, my my next selection at that point. And then, 
you know, I've been kind of going back and forth on this whole idea of whether I want another wide receiver, another running back I, or a tight end. And as I mentioned, I've got Russell Wilson. And so I, I could take the most athletic tight end in Seattle's history. And of course, that's Jimmy Graham. And, and we saw Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham um, connect on enough throws to make him the most productive tight end in, in Seattle's franchise history and obviously a pro bowler. But at the same time, I, I think that adding another wide receiver to Russell Wilson's, uh, you know, weapons, I, I think makes the most sense. And to me, it was just poetry watching Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin work together. And if I'm going to use a slot receiver, then I don't know that there's a better one um, than, than, than Doug Baldwin. And that's with all due respect to some of the other receivers on Seattle's roster. I strongly consider guys like Brian Blades, for example, uh, Bobby Ingram, for example, but Doug Baldwin and just the magistry of his little jerk routes, things like that in the middle, that's going to be my selection. Uh, so uh, again, the right guard, Brian Millard coming back with Doug Baldwin. Interesting selection because now you've got Galloway to go with Baldwin as well as DK Metcalf. <laughs> that is yeah. a really formidable trio of receivers. And I'm strongly considering going that route as well and picking a third receiver. But for my 19th selection here in this draft, I'm actually going to go a different direction because I've picked two linebackers to this point. I got Bobby Wagner and I picked KJ Wright. I now need that hybrid defensive end linebacker on the outside. And I thought about Cliff Averill here, but I'm going to go with the guy that was dominating before Cliff Averill got here, a player that has played that Leo position and has also dropped back and before an ACL tear had three phenomenal seasons in Pete Carroll's defense. And that is Chris Clemens. I'm going to get Chris Clemens out of this defense. So now I've got Clemens to be my third linebacker, a hybrid rusher. I've got Michael Sinclair and Jeff Bryant as my two defensive ends. And then in the interior, I've got Kennedy. I still need to add one more body to the middle of that defensive line. But I'm feeling pretty darn good about my edge rush here. We've now entered the final stanza of our Seahawks ultimate mock draft. Both Rob and I have made 19 selections. We've got six picks remaining, and this is going to be rapid fire with this getting towards the end. Both of us need specialists. We need kickers and punters, and we need to add a few more pieces to our roster. I'm back up with pick number 20 with our snake formatting here. I just picked in round 19. I'm going to get another defensive tackle, and there's certainly some intriguing options, but you cleaned up with Brandon Mebane as well as John Randall. I've got Cortez Kennedy as my pass rushing interior player. I'm going to go out and get that big body defensive tackle that's extremely difficult to move. And at least early in his career was an underrated pass rusher. Maybe some of you will think I'm going to be referencing American history with this name, but Sam Adams. I'm going to be adding Sam Adams to middle of my defensive line. Adams, Cortez Kennedy to go with Jeff Bryant, Michael Sinclair, and Chris Clemens being that hybrid outside linebacker, the Sam linebacker spot. Again, I'm feeling pretty darn good about what I can do with my five-man fronts. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you, you got Cortez Kennedy and Sam Adams, big pop of the showstopper, right, right next to each other. That is a formidable duo in the middle there. Bobby Wagner behind them. I mean, he he would set the NFL record for most tackles with those two big uh, space eaters in, in front of him. 
Um, so yes, uh, exciting selection there, Corbin. Uh, so in short order, as you said, we're wrapping this up. I, I'm going to make two selections here that a lot of our listeners are going to know very, very well. That being the defensive end, Frank Clark. I just like the idea of bringing a little bit more junkyard dog to my defensive line. Um, and then Chris Carson. I, I just love his size, physicality, downhill running style, pairing that with Kurt Warner. Um, with all due respect to Sean Alexander, again, I just think that the Carson and Kurt Warner combination um, would be absolutely dynamic. You're upgrading your pass rush and getting that junkyard dog that you're looking for and then having another running back contracting style. Carson and Warner together would be a pretty nice one-two punch. And so now I'm looking with my 21st and 22nd selection. We're getting toward the tail end here. I've got two receivers. I've got a running back. I need to add a little bit more to my skill positions. And I look at the players that are still available I'm going to emulate what you have done here. I just, I don't have a lot of respect for the tight ends that the Seahawks have had in their history. And so I want to add another receiver to the mix. Brian Blades was a big time talent, outstanding athlete, vertical threat that unfortunately had to try to catch passes from Rick Meyer, Kelly Stauffer, and quarterbacks of that caliber most of his career. And so we'll never really know how great he could have been if he played with a decent quarterback for most of his career. He was the heir apparent to Steve Largent and just never, he put up decent numbers, but considering the quarterbacks he had, he was a hall of fame caliber player, but that just didn't have the opportunities to really show what he could do. But I think he's a big time talent and adding him to a receiving core with Tyler Lockett and Steve Largent makes me feel pretty good about my offense. And then to round out my offense, I have one more skill position open. I could either get a tight end or a fullback. Everybody that listens to Lockdown Seahawks knows where I stand on this. I'm getting my fullback, and I'm getting one that was Kyle Juszczyk before Kyle Juszczyk came into the league, and that is John L. Williams, a great blocker, but also a beast catching passes out of the backfield, a really stout runner between the tackles. It gives me a ton of flexibility. If I want to run fullback dives, I'm going to be darn good at it. He's going to be able to lead block. I can dump it off to him. He can run routes from the slot. John L. Williams was a player ahead of his time. So I add a couple weapons to my arsenal. I get John L. Williams, the fullback, as well as Brian Blades, the receiver. Yeah, and I think that makes an awful lot of sense. Um, you know, I mean, it, it just – it's – I. It, John L. Williams is one of those players, Corbin. I knew if I drafted him, I, I might start a fight. Uh, you know, and, and so I, I just knew that he was one of those guys that you definitely wanted. And again, in the in the spirit of trying to draft a team that I think would compete in 2022, that's one of the reasons why I went with a three receiver, two running back look. Um, you know, we're we're just seeing the the traditional uh, you know, full service tight end kind of you know, go the way of the dinosaurs for a lot of NFL teams. And so that's, uh, again, one of, the, one of the reasons why Jimmy Graham or no other tight ends have been selected by us uh, so far. Uh, it's it, that same kind of mentality is why I'm going to focus in on a nickel cornerback rather than taking another traditional offensive line or another traditional linebacker. I only have two linebackers that are going to wind up being on my team. And if I was going to take another traditional linebacker, I would take Lofa Tupu. I, I would I would strongly consider the versatility of Julie 
Julian Peterson as well. But again, I already have that already um, with uh, with Chad Brown and, and Keith Butler. Um, so I'm going to go with a defensive back. And to me, one of the best nickel corners that I've ever seen. And he played a lot on the outside for Seattle and Pittsburgh. Um, but I really loved his game inside. I think that he could have been a superstar. Um, and, and that's Willie Williams. Um, and a lot of people may not remember Willie Williams, but, um, you know, look him up and the success that he had in Seattle and in Pittsburgh, I believe it was 15, 16 seasons in the NFL, um, as a starter uh, at the cornerback position. I mean that you just don't see that. Um, and his size, his tenacity, um, his playmaking ability. I, I really think that, that he would round out my, uh, my, my secondary, which again, of course, already has two of the absolute best in, uh, in Richard Sherman and of course, Dave Brown on the outside. Then going on from my nickel cornerback, uh, I'm just going to quickly move on to kicker and Seattle has a good history at the kicker position, kind of like safety and edge rush. We talked about that a little bit before Corbin, but there is no kicker in Seattle's history that I felt was more automatic at times than Steven Hauschka. So that would my, be my selection as far as my kicker. Willie Williams, Stephen Hauschka, getting close to having your roster filled out. Have now made 23 selections. You've got two left to fill. I've got two in a row here. And I've got most of my roster filled out. I've got my kick returner too. Tyler Lockett is going to be returning kicks. So I've already knocked out one of my specialists. You picked Stephen Hauschka. I'm going to look at the kickers here real quick. And Norm Johnson was not as automatic as what some of the other kickers that the Seahawks have had. I actually am going to roll with Josh Brown as my kicker. And I thought Josh Brown had a pretty solid career in Seattle. I would have picked Hauschka first, but Josh Brown is going to be my selection. And I'm actually going to double up on my special teamers right now, get them out of the way, because you can have John Ryan if you want. I got to have Michael Dixon. I need some big balls on my fantasy team. So I'm going to be bringing Michael Dixon into punt. So I'm going to double up here with my 23rd and 24th selections and going to go out and get myself Josh Brown and Michael Dixon. Yeah, it makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, I will take John Ryan at the, the, the punter position. And, you know, and going back to, uh, you know, having a full lineup, I'm going to go with a long snapper. Um, and I'm going to go with one of the, the great long snappers and names in Seattle Seahawks history and Trey Junkin. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to admit I was not expecting that pick. That completely was out in left field. And I am not picking a long snapper because we did not put that in the rules. And I will teach one of my offensive linemen to long snap. That's what we'll do. So I'm not going to go there. I've got this extra roster spot that I can play with because one of my receivers is going to be the kick returner. And so I'm going to pick my tight end now here with pick number 25. And who better to finish off with than Zach Miller? Yeah, he didn't have the production receiving-wise that Jimmy Graham did, but you know me, Rob. You know I yep. want to run the football, and Jimmy Graham ain't interested in run blocking. Zach Miller, though, was an integral part in blocking for Marshawn Lynch in his four years that he went for over 1,200 yards, was a key part of that run game in general, and I think that he's an underrated receiver that just wasn't used as much as he could have been in Seattle's offense. I think he brings the toughness, the tenacity, and the versatility to my offense that I can mix him in when I need a tight end and I can still have my three receivers because one of them was my kick return specialist in Tyler Lockett. So 
pretty happy to cap off my roster with a tough guy at the tight end position like Zach Miller. Oh yeah, no question about it. And I, I kind of consider doing something like that as well. Cause of course I have Galloway and you know, a, a lot of Galloway's value was what he brought at the returner position as well. Um, but at the same time, I, again, I kind of like having a, a traditional long snapper as well as plenty of players who have uh, a great deal of versatility. Fun exercise. Thanks for, uh, for coming up with this idea, Corbin. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And looking at the rosters, going to post them here up for our listeners that are watching on YouTube as well. You can check out Rob's roster here. Some of the headlines, Russell Wilson, Kenny Easley. You've got Steve Hutchinson, Richard Sherman, Dave Brown. He's got Jacob Green, Chad Brown, DK Metcalf, Joey Galloway, Kurt Warner, Kevin Y in the middle, Dwayne Brown, Howard Ballard, John Randall, Brandon Meebane. That is a monster defensive line there to try to run against. And they're going to get some pass rush too. Keith Butler, Camp Chancellor, Brian Millard, Doug Baldwin, Chris Carson, Frank Clark, Willie Williams, Steve Hauschka, John Ryan. And I'm still, I still can't believe this. Trey Junkin, the long snapper to cap off Rob's roster. As for mine, Walter Jones, Cortez Kennedy, Bobby Wagner, Steve Largent, Matt Hasselbeck, Marshawn Lynch. Got Earl Thomas, Michael Sinclair, Eugene Robinson, Max Unger, uh, Tyler Lockett, Marcus Trufant, Chris Gray, KJ Wright, Jeff Bryant, Sean Springs, Edwin Bailey, Steve August, Sam Adams, Brian Blades, John L. Williams, Josh Brown, Michael Dixon, and closing things off with Zach Miller. Our listeners that are watching on YouTube or if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, let us know. In the comments section or on social media, which roster you prefer, mine or Rob's, make sure to check out those rosters on the graphics and let us know which one you think would win a head-to-head matchup. This was a really fun exercise for us the last couple of days. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Make sure to check out Locked on Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on YouTube. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, I'm going to be riding solo, going to be answering your questions in our weekly mailbag segment, plus comparing the Seahawks offensive position groups to the rest of the NFC West. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.